I'm thinking a lot tonight and this entire weekend about shalom, about peace. I'm thinking a lot tonight and this weekend about, about walls that separate and walls that unite. I'm thinking a lot tonight and this weekend about the power of two, the power of Castor and Pollux, of the Gemini, of the two-ness that our rabbis say represent the month of Sivan, which we brought in, which we heralded last night and all of today, the month in which we are given the miracle of two tablets, and I'll call you in the morning. I'm thinking a lot this Shabbat about the word shalom and what it means. And also thinking a lot about hair. I'm thinking about hair because it was almost two years ago this coming summer that my son Bear was given his upsharing where his hair was cut at the age of three. And every day I look at my second son Tal looking at his beautiful blonde locks and wondering about that cut, about that moment for us. And also prominently because in chapter 6 of tomorrow's parsha, of tomorrow's reading, the book of Numbers will conjoin the strange story of the Nazarite, the Nazir, and a blessing that the priests are to give for all of time. In chapter 6, in the book of Numbers, we read about an individual who decides to take upon him or herself to be what's called a nazir, to, to abstain from wine and anything that comes from wine, to not touch their hair, to not become impure by coming into contact with death. This nazir is a voluntary vow that is taken, lahafli neder lahazir ladonai, and that nazirite as odd as it is and how much literature and how much ink has been spilled to explain the meaning of the Nazarite, of this ascetic in a tradition that doesn't valorize asceticism, that doesn't see as its ideal a monastic order, that doesn't see in the Gemara and Ta'anit, that anybody who sits in a fast is considered to be a sinner, a tradition that doesn't look lightly upon voluntary abstinence. Without getting into all of that, we could easily miss one of the most shamanistic and interesting moments in the rite of passage that is known as the Nazarite. The Torah tells us that after he has finished his 30 days, he's allotted time, he's to bring an offering, a traditional offering. He brings the shoulder of a ram, an unleavened cake, and all of those things that had to do with the cult of the temple. The priest will take them and elevate them and so on. This is the Torah of the Nazir. And then it says that he is to cut his hair. And he is to bring his hair and place it underneath the offerings. In the fire that apparently is beneath the offerings. And there his hair will lie. And I've been wondering, Smichut Parshiot, we have a tradition that Various episodes of the Torah are connected associatively. What is the connection between the hair of the Nazarite 
And the blessings of the priest that all of us are familiar with that will immediately follow at the end of chapter 6. May God bless you and keep you. May God shine God's face upon you. May God's face be lifted to you. And may God give you shalom, peace. What is the connection I want to know between the hair and the priestly blessing? Or more succinctly, is there a connection between that moment when a Nazarite cuts his hair and a blessing that ends with shalom? what I've been thinking about this weekend. We're told by the Slonim Rebbe and others, how great is the word shalom, says the Midrash. Great is shalom because it is one of God's holiest names, says our Jewish tradition. In fact, so interestingly that I remember in rabbinical school reading that Jewish law prohibits us to say shalom in the bathroom just as it would prohibit us from saying God's name. Shalom is the holy name of God. It is also the name of the Messiah, says the Midrash. Shalom is equal to the whole Torah, as it says, Adonai oz li'amo yitain. May God give oz strength to his people. Adonai yivarech et shalom. May God bless us with peace, peace and strength, Torah and peace together, equally of value. This ark that holds Torah is of equal value, not greater than the ark that holds peace. And peace, says the Son Marebi, is not the absence of conflict. Peace includes all varieties. Shalom doesn't mean that there isn't conflict. Shalom means that capacity that can hold all diversity, all opinions, every manifestation of separateness and individuality is all contained in the word shalom. Shalom doesn't mean God will bless us with peace. It means God will bless us with this thing called God's name, which includes all names. A name that, as it were, can't be contained in one small place, in one small religion, in one small belief system, in one political view, in one side of an issue and not the other side of an issue, but something that contains all of that and holds it in an embrace called shalom. Adonai varechet amoba shalom. There was a great Tibetan Buddhist teacher named Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, the great father of American Tibetan Buddhism. And I read a story that Sharon Salzberg, an American Jewish Buddhist, of course, American Jewish Buddhist teacher, she writes about something called awareness. Awareness comes from a place that is beyond distinctions and that was shown to me in a depiction by Chogyam Chungpa Rinpoche. He was once teaching a class and he drew a loose V shape in the center of a large white sheet of paper and asked the students, what is this a picture of? The students all responded, it's a bird. No, Trungpa Rinpoche replied, it is a picture of the sky with a bird flying through it. She writes, like the sky, Awareness is open and spacious. If we focus on the spaciousness 
rather than on any particular thought or feeling that arises in it, then we're free. Another name for sky, shalom. Another name for sky is shalom. Adonai varech et shalom, God should bless us with shalom, is a blessing that we can hold all of that which moves, all of the impermanence of life, all of those things that are here today and gone tomorrow, all of those days that turn to nights and nights that turn to day. Another word for sky is shalom. And you and I are the sky. You and I and every one of us here holds that truth. You and I and all of us here, with all of our labels, with all of our names, with our bodies, with our identities, with our divisions, with our opinions, all of it is seen against the sky. And when we focus on the birds, there's no peace. There's no peace when you see an eagle and I see a swan. There's no peace because peace holds it all like the sky. And maybe I think that's the Nazarites' teaching. When my son Bear had his hair cut, my dear friend Rabbi Jill Hammer wrote a kavanah. Right, Jill? She gave an intention at his upsharing. She wrote, hair grows and is cut and grows again like grain or leaves of a tree. It is the part of us that is always visibly growing. The growing and cutting of hair reminds us of the seasons and the cycles of our lives. Cutting a child's hair at this special moment is a sign that the child is entering a new stage of life and that he'll go on entering new stages, becoming new things. The Nazarite brings his hair as an offering of the reality of impermanence in our lives. Hair that can't burn but can only be scorched reminds us that there are some things that are way beyond the shifting of one moment to another. I remember when I was uh, at a period in my life when I was extremely religious, I held as one of my great um, prizes were my payas. I had long payas, long side curls. And Every time I went to the barber to have him cut my payas, I was anxiety full. I literally sat in the chair and, and watched him with, I was shaking, lest he cut one hair of my payas or one inch. It was so dear to me. And I remember the day when I finally cut my payas off and I kept it for a long time. I had a little bag. I know, I know, it sounds weird. I know, I know. And I thought about it this week as I watched my children. My son rode his bike for the first time this week, and I remember thinking to myself, God, help me hold this. And I heard a voice say, you can't. And I looked at Tal and said, let me hold this. And a voice said, you can't. And the Nazarite said, let me hold this. Hair. And the Torah says, you can't. Offer it on the altar. And then immediately, the blessing of peace. And I want to say tonight, 
V'samu et shmi al b'nei Israel, the verse that immediately follows, for those of you who are following the priestly blessing and want a little diuk, it says, V'yaseim l'cha shalom, the word to place, V'yaseim l'cha shalom, may God place for you peace, and then immediately, V'samu et shmi, the same verb, and let them place my name. I'm going to say that that name is the name Shalom. The name Shalom, be the sky. Especially on a weekend where our brothers and sisters are fighting about who gets to walk down Fifth Avenue, who belongs in the camp and who doesn't belong in the camp. Where's your sky mind when it comes to peace? There won't be peace. There won't be peace in my heart and yours, in this country and abroad, until we are able to find the sky that unites us and not the birds that divide us. I want to bless you and bless me too. I know a lot of you in this community are going through some intense changes in your lives. Just this week, suddenly, out of nowhere, someone in this community, lost a cousin in a moment. And I want to bless you as we gear up now for that great moment called Sinai, the revelation. We don't receive the revelation until we include 49 little days inside of it. How much can you include in your sky? How much can I include in my sky? How can we invite each other to remember that that's who we are. I bless you that you remember that. I bless you that you remind others. And I bless you all that you hear the name Shalom resonating inside each and every one of your hearts. Amen.